Okay, thank you for opening the door. I'm going to walk right in. And we're going to talk about this cheesy-ass thing. I love it. I invented uh, during a crazy low moment in my life, and I call it the high-five habit. And the high-five habit, it begins with one habit, but it is a series of small things that you can do every single day to locate your power back within yourself. Because you're right, we have outsourced our self-worth. Mm-hmm. We look outside of ourselves for validation. We uh, look at the number on the scale, the amount of money in the bank, the car that we drive, the person that we're dating, the friend group that we have, the amount of likes, the amount of views. All of that external shit is never going to make you feel worthy. The only person that can build your self-worth is you. There's a reason why that word begins with self. Mm. It begins within yourself. And so I'm going to tell you the story about how I stumbled upon this thing. And my brand of uh, personal development, improving your life, falls into a particular category. First, I have to fuck up my life. Then I have to save myself. Then I stumble upon something that sounds ridiculously stupid on its face. And when it starts to work and I'm dumbfounded by how this dumb thing is actually working, I then start to unpack the research. And so whether we're talking about something I created over a decade ago called the five second rule, or we're talking about the high five habit, brace yourself. Because when you first hear this, you're going to think this is the corniest thing I have ever (laughs) heard. Now, I'm going to just say something that might sound obnoxious. I make millions of dollars. I am wildly successful. I have been married for 25 years. I have three kids who are awesome and irritating. I have uh, lived with anxiety for 25 years. I've healed and continue to work on healing my trauma. And I will stand firm in telling you, The high five habit is the single most powerful thing I've ever discovered. Mm. So here's what happened. About a year ago, I found myself in a moment where I felt like life was punching me in the face. The first thing that happened is, you know, it was March. Uh, I mean, I think we all forget what fucking year we're in at this point. (laughs) And uh, they found COVID at the CBS Broadcast Center. And at the time, I was uh, in my dream job. I was hosting a daytime syndicated talk show with Sony Pictures Television. We were wrapping up season one. We had like seven more episodes of the 175 that we were taping. I loved this job. And we got five minutes notice. They canceled the show. Didn't have a chance to say goodbye to the 130 people. I'm like, what just happened? I get in my car, I'm driving back home to Boston, I'm seeing the New York City skyline disappear. The phone calls start coming in and our daughters who were in college at the time are now freaking out because they're closing down USC and she's got to pack and get home. And like everybody remembers that moment when the quarantine and the pandemic shut your life down or turned it upside down or you lost somebody you love. Maybe it was that you couldn't go to the nursing home to see your grandmother. Maybe you got that email from the office saying you can't come in. There was something, some moment that had happened. And so from there, once we got home, uh, it was my husband and I and our three kids, my business went into a freefall. Every single speech that I had for more than a year gets canceled. My publisher calls me and says, that book that you haven't delivered, we're going to cancel the contract and the advance that we've given you that you've already spent. We need it back. And what happened is 
I started to get really triggered because when life turns upside down, your old shit will come up. Mm-hmm. And my old shit includes just a, just 10 years ago being nearly a million dollars in debt and facing that financial crisis like a lot of high-functioning adults do, which is drinking myself into the ground and blaming everything on my husband. That was the moment that I invented the five-second rule to help me get out of bed because the anxiety was so profound. It was pinning me Mm. to that bed like a gravity blanket every morning. That's a whole nother story. So I'm starting to have flashbacks like, are you fucking kidding me? I have clawed my way out of that. I have become a success over the last 10 years. I've paid down all that debt. We're saving money. I'm super successful. And this shit is happening again. So I start to spiral. I'm worried about everybody, just like everybody was. What's going to happen to my grandparents? What's happening to my parents? When am I going to see my friends again? What about the frontline workers? Like it was just a free fall. And so one morning I wake up, I make my bed. I walk into the bathroom and I see my reflection as I'm brushing my teeth. And I think, God, you look like hell. (laughs) You know, like the gray hair is coming in and I've got these dark circles under my eyes and my neck is all saggy and my, my jowls are looking like saddlebags on a pack mule, you know, going down the Grand Canyon. I, one boob is hanging lower than the other. And I've even at this point had my breast implants out. Like, I'm just like, what the? F-? And once you have a negative thought or the self-criticism mm-hmm. starts, it's sort of like lint in a dryer. 100%. As it starts yeah. to gather, it collects more. Yeah. And so then mm-hmm. I start thinking start about to get more day. creative with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm like, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. the story. I'm like, oh my God, why'd I get up so late? I've got a Zoom call in eight minutes. I look like shit. I don't even have a bra on yet. The dog's at my feet and he needs to be walked. I didn't respond to their text. Like I'm just doing the beat down. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Most of us don't realize That's your morning routine. Mm -hmm. We talk a big game about have a great morning routine. But the truth is your morning routine right now either involves ignoring yourself in the mirror or criticizing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what came over me. In that moment standing there, literally in my underwear, I, I, I just felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm one of the most book motivational speakers in the world. I couldn't think of a damn thing to say to myself. Now, if either of you had walked in to my bathroom that morning, I would have been able to to lift you up. Mm -hmm. I would have been able to tell you what to do. But when it came to supporting and encouraging myself, I had nothing. And for whatever reason, as pathetic and as corny as it sounds, standing there in that very low moment, I just raised my hand and I high-fived my reflection. Now, It didn't change my life, but something inside me shifted. I felt my shoulders drop. I felt my chin lift up. I sort of silently felt myself say, it's okay. You got this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And I left the bathroom. Now, the second morning, this is when like things started to go, hmm. I got up. I made my bed. I started walking to the bathroom. And then this is what I noticed that's really weird. I started to feel excited to see myself. Mm. 
And it's sort of like, you know, as I was riding the elevator up here to meet you two for the first time, I felt this like enthusiasm and this excitement because I really admire you two and I love, you know, what you're doing out in the world. I felt that same sense of like, I'm going to see a friend. Now Mm. I'm going to be 53 years old this year. I think for the first 45 years of my life, I've either criticized the woman I see in the mirror or I've ignored her. I don't ever remember looking forward to seeing myself. Maybe seeing an outfit or seeing what my makeup looked like, but never actually seeing me, the human being. And I stood there in front of the mirror and I thought about like what was going on in my life and I thought about how I was going to show up and I raised my hand in the mirror again. Now, here's the interesting thing that you're going to notice when you start doing this. It is impossible to criticize yourself when you raise your hand and high five yourself. And there's a lot of research that explains why. And this is the first piece of research that I'll I'll lay on you because it's unbelievable. Basically, you know, you and I, we've we've been high-fiving people our entire lives. So when you give somebody or you receive a high five, what does it communicate to you? Yeah, I believe you, I love you, I got you, I see you. If somebody's attitude's going down and you hit them with a high five, it's like, all right, shake it off. Mm-hmm. Get back in there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got your back. Mm. All of that positive programming associated with that gesture is already encoded in your basal ganglia, the mm. subconscious part of your brain. When you raise your own hand physically, the subconscious part of your brain recognizes the high five. It automatically turns on all that positive messaging and marries it with your own reflection. Wow. It's a field of study called neurobics. Now, I didn't make that up. It's like aerobic physical activity with neuropathway development. And neurobics marrying an unexpected physical action with a change in thought is the fastest way to develop new neural pathways. Mm. So by high-fiving your reflection, you are shutting up the critic. You are interrupting all of the default programming that you've had for your entire life. And you are leveraging the lifetime positive programming of belief, enthusiasm, support, Mm. and celebration. And that's just the fucking beginning. Mm. I just spoke to Dr. Daniel Amen, one of the world's leading experts on the brain. The dude has literally scanned 65,000 brains. He has treated Mike Tyson, Miley Cyrus, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So I was talking to him about this high five habit. He like geeked out in the way that scientists do. He's like, okay, Mel, let me tell you what else is going on. You want to know what else is going on? You want to know why when you start to do this as a habit, you start to feel a little jolt of energy? You want to know why your mood boosts a little bit when you can get over how weird it is? I'm like, yeah, Dr. Amen, lay it on me. (laughs) So here's the thing. Like, what do you do when you cross a finish line in a race? You raise your hands. (laughs) What do you do when you see somebody? You raise your hands and say hi. What do you do when you hug somebody? You raise your hands. What do you do when you... You pat somebody on the back, you raise their hands. What do you do when somebody, you do the double high five, you raise your hands. When your favorite band comes out, you raise your hands. When somebody uh, blows out the candles on a birthday, we all raise our hands. Raising your hands is remembered in your nervous system as a celebratory activity. And so when you do it with yourself, your nervous system starts to switch off from the sympathetic fight or flight into the calmer, more celebratory, cool, Mm, sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. or parasympathetic. Parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, you get a drip of dopamine. Mm. That's why your mood boosts. Wow. 
That's why you feel more focused. That is why some of the science says this works. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, of course, I didn't know any of that. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.